0: We've all had times where food magically appears in front of us. Like at most food buffets.
1: I think you guys are missing the point. But today we're going to be talking about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and more on today's episode of Jackson Cloud, which is an online church, and you can join us in the discussion on the Discord.
2: Bacon! Cue that theme song!
1: That'd be great. Chicken Nuggets Sony Day.
0: Today we are playing Anime Pitch, which uh, is similar to Pitch Storm, a game that we played in our first week. Oh, wait, I forgot to do this. <laughs> Alright, here's how it works I'm gonna give you five cards, and these cards have five words on them. We are going to create an anime TV show and describe the plot of it. It's gonna be based off whatever words you wanna put together. Um, You can add of, the, things like that in between.
1: Don't, what are these, are these?
0: Right, so here's how it works. I'm gonna give you a premise and whatever your story is gonna be based on your title, it has to match that premise. All right, so the story you need to tell me is Alien babies. Tell me your stories of alien babies.
1: This is gonna be. Um. Morbid.
0: I'm all kinds of nervous. Please.
1: So we have. Super dimensional rune fight. So basically. This is a what are those sh- Real- this is a reality TV show where they go around to different dimensions, collecting alien babies and training them and train them for rune fighting. Um, runes give you super cool power ups and whatnot, but I mean they're using alien babies, so there's like a huge like moral thing going on behind the scenes. Oh, for sure. And. Honestly, they don't know if the show can go on.
2: All right, so mine is called Akihabara Man. What does Akihabara mean? So it means the electronics slash otaku district of Tokyo. Okay. So basically,
1: it's Akihabara.
2: Sure, that's what I meant. Akihabara. Akihabara Man. Anyway. Basically, it's a story of how um, this man actually, like, is just a normal guy with an electronic shop in the district of Tokyo. And what ends up happening is he ends up discovering orphan alien babies and tries to raise them like normal humans within the electronic district of Tokyo. And so it's his growing up and... Like trying to make it as normal as possible while he's raising alien babies. Olivia wins
0: because that was just super definition of literally the premise plus the name. There's a man from Akibara who raises alien babies. End of story. That's all. that's the whole point. Well, it's the grow up? It's like, no, it's the growing up super dimensional reality TV show documentary about alien babies with moral things going on. That's yeah, that wins. All right.
1: I'll be the I'll be the person this round. I'm the judge. You judge. Sabi All right. Free. So Olivia's gonna judge
0: us. Choose a premise.
1: Sentient robots.
0: Sentient robots. My TV show is called Perfect Dream Doctor. This is about a robot who uh, was designed to work in the medical field. And it, was, it used to, in its early days, it was you know doctors will use those laser arms but they'll, like, control them from, like, over the internet from mm-hmm. far away so that doctors can do surgeries from, like, other states. Okay. You heard of these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's what this technology started off as. But as the technology grew, they felt like just seeing these um, arms do the surgeries wasn't very helpful for... People feeling, the nurses didn't feel comfortable working with that. So over time, they kind of built like these robot bodies for them. And then obviously, as time went on, these robots just got really good. But the robots evolved and learned how to look into the spiritual realm. And soon, these robots, when they would be doing surgeries, while you're under all the anesthesia, they would start peering into your dreams. And they would start healing your dreams as well they'd see all the fear and nightmares in your subconscious and they would start taking out certain neurons to fix you and make you perfect in your mental states so when you would come out you'd be like oh my heart feels a lot better but at the same time you'd be like and I feel a lot better in life and it became weird because as people figured out these robots were all up in your brains they were like they're helping us. But can we trust robots in our brains? And that's kind of the cliffhanger of season one. Okay. Perfect dream, Doctor.
1: Alright. Jamin just described his nightmare, by right. the way.
0: Pretty much <laughs> robots terrifying. Yes.
2: So right. mine is called Symphonic Blade Idol Legend of Tokyo.
1: That sounds like it could be a real Japanese TV show. So
2: There are these giant fighting robots that are actually mechs with people inside. Mm -hmm. But every time they clash blades, it sounds like a symphony going off within the metal clashing each other. And specifically, the Legend of Tokyo, like Robot, there was actually a champion for each city. His mech actually started becoming sentient. And he was one of the first ones that actually started to communicate with his Symphonic Blade Idol Legend robot. And so he started actually like, making great music with the sentient robot that he was fighting with other battle, battlers, mechs, robots, anyway, but then it discovered that as its robot became more sentient, his rival also developed a connection with his robot, so there was two sentient robots clashing while making music in the symphonic battle.
1: Casey, just because he went way out there, but like made it make sense. And you went with something that like could have been super simple, but then like you way overcomplicated it. My vote's on Casey. Yes! Casey. Yes! No! I worked I would have watched this show. Mm. Of course you would have. It's your worst nightmare.
0: This brings us to the final round. Casey is judging me versus Olivia. But I still won one. Epic science fiction. Mine's called Stardust Tales. Life is like a stardust here in Stardust Tales. And here's how it kind of works out. Essentially, these people, uh, the earth has been decaying literally every last source of fuel and anything used to make anything has been depleted and we've got nothing left and everyone didn't recycle so like there ain't nothing left to like work with so essentially what they find out is that if you go find a star that has blown up you can take in the stardust and if you come back within our galaxy you can plant the stardust in a certain part of the galaxy and it starts kind of rolling around and it will start building a a new planet with all of the elements that we have and then and then you just fly back out. I don't like my story, so. All right.
1: Okay. Super ultra baby masters. (laughs) So. We finally met aliens. Except for this alien race, babies are the smart ones and adults are the mindless ones that need to be taken care of. This
0: movie's already been made. This was baby geniuses. Geniuses. Yeah.
1: I haven't seen that movie. (laughs) Okay. So I'm gonna keep going with it. You guys threw me off. Dang it. Okay. Super ultra baby masters. So, in this race of aliens, the babies are the smart ones and they're the masters and they have this wild big workforce of all the strong adults. But the adults are just a workforce. The babies are the masters. Anyway, they're super ultra because their brains are like so smart and powerful that they can do like telekinetic stuff. Okay. Okay, cool. I went for the right word there. Wanna make sure. So they can like move things around and that's how they Keep their force uh, or workforce of adults in line because you know, you would think that the strong adults could just rise up and be like, No, we won't do your bidding. But baby's got the big brains, you know. That's my last sentence. All right, so. (laughs) Baby's got the big brains, you know.
2: (laughs) Although you almost won me with the theme song of DuckTales being stolen, but I actually. I'm one of the very few that actually did like the movie Baby Geniuses, so I'm giving it to Olivia on this one.
1: Olivia wins. Who also?
2: You also said you didn't like your story, so well, uh, yeah, yeah, I was, was That kind of hurts your. Uh, there wasn't anything cool enough.
0: Hey, which one did you like best? Comment below. Let us know. Out of all six of those, obviously, I think we all know what the answer was.
2: But you know, I mean.
1: My first one?
2: Symphonic blade legend. No. I had a legend of Tokyo. No, it was perfect dream doctor all the way.
0: All right, today we talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Let's recollect the story. You guys remember it. Bacon? That was that was Monday. Oh, right. It's Wednesday now. Sorry. Um, it actually happens. We say 5,000, but Jesus actually fed people more than once supernaturally. If we were to go to Mark, um, we would have the story where Jesus feeds 5,000 people and then... uh, Isn't there 3,000 as well somewhere? I think it's like 4,000 the next time. Let me find the passage.
1: Okay, are you saying that these are different, recollesh- different recollections of the same story, or these are separate stories?
0: Uh, yeah, so in our episode of Understanding the Bible, we talked about how uh, sometimes numbers especially will be different depending on which one you're reading. Uh, and so, like, sometimes it would be like, well, which way are they remembering what was correct? Did they feed 5,000? Did they feed 4,000? Interestingly, with this story, at least if you were to read the Gospel of Mark in Mark 6— He feeds 5,000 people. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And disciples are like, wow, we can't believe this happened. And then if you were to keep reading into Mark 8, he then feeds 4,000 people. And you kind of get these disciples (laughs) still like, wow, who would have thought? You know, it's like, what do you mean? You've already seen this happen. And if you keep following the story, which is one of my favorite disciple moments, just of their lunacy, uh, later in Mark 8 almost directly after they get in a boat and Jesus starts preaching about beware the leaven of the Pharisees (laughs) and so Jesus is teaching like parable right Mm -hmm. he's teaching them symbolism allegory don't let just a little bit of the Pharisees teaching get in you and swell you up into something you weren't called to be type thing after he gives this allegory or this parable um, one of the disciples is just like
2: oh crap
0: we forgot bread. <laughs> like <laughs> they're in a boat now. It's like we didn't get bread before we before we left, uh, and this is right after feeding four thousand, then five thousand, and now they're in a boat and they're afraid they're not going to have enough bread. the The Bible's being, in my opinion, hilarious right here, is <laughs> because the disciples are like. Uh, what's gonna happen? First off, I wasn't gonna stop. First off, I wasn't preaching about real food. It was symbolism, you guys. You got your mind. You're not even paying attention to what I'm saying. Secondly, we
2: fed nine thousand people this week. <laughs> you know, like if Jesus had the McDonald's feed <laughs> <laughs> over nine thousand people, served. Yeah, like that's impressive. That's
0: crazy. <laughs> and the disciples not paying attention at all are like, "Wait, what?" And Jesus is like. Do you not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Or having ears, do you not hear? Do you not remember when I broke five loaves for the 5,000?
2: And how many baskets of broken pieces did you take up? I mean, and they're in a boat. And most of them were former fishermen. Exactly. And then...
0: Uh, He asks them, and they're just like, well, we took up 12 baskets. (laughs) And he's like, do you not yet understand? You know, like, you just imagine Jesus being like, what on earth is happening? Why'd you put me with these people? Uh, Come on, man. Because, you know, often we read the Bible in just verses or stories. We don't read it straight through, like, the book it was written. Verses were put in later just to help us, like, reference, you know. If you just read Mark straight through, you would be cracking up at this point. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with these these dummies? Why don't they get it, you know? Um, and that's, that's half the joke that's going on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are strange stories. What are some of the things that stick out to you with Jesus feeding all these people?
2: I'm just trying to figure out how it happened. Just like, I mean, taking one person's lunch and making it feed enough to make, what, 7 to 12 more baskets? Hmm. Like, I just, I don't understand how that happens. If, If we could figure out how that happens and use it for a food service principle, that would be great.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, of course there's a confusion of how is he feeding this many people. You can imagine disciples must have felt the same thing as they're walking around with these baskets, like, there's no way, what's going on in here, you know, like... Uh, yeah, what else sticks out, anything for you guys?
2: Also just wondering how tasty it was with just fish and bread. Because, I mean, as much as I like bread sandwiches or fish sandwiches.
1: Now, rice isn't bread, but it is a grain. And fish and rice is, like, my favorite meal.
0: So that's what you were hoping for.
1: No, I'm just saying, like, fish Jesus and bread... Jesus the
0: wrong meal, that's No, no, me. I'm just
1: saying... <laughs> Jesus,
0: have a little taste. Bread
1: and rice, they're both grains, so they're close enough to the same thing, and fish makes a great meal. Uh-huh. I'm just making a statement about his question.
2: And here's another thing. Like, how big was the fish?
1: Okay, here's the thing. Fresh fish is amazing.
2: Mm. Right, but here's the other thing, like... Whenever we picture the story, when it's done in like, you know, Sunday school, like
1: yeah, you picture like a little, little like it's
2: like you think of a basket, something like this big, but like what if the fish was actually one of those what giant what if it was tuna
1: size fish, like big old
2: right? Like is it is it like hang on, you know, a twelve pounder? Yeah, oh, wait, 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 wait! like wait, this five year old kid yeah, walking yeah, yeah. around with a fish that's, that's... that's bigger than him. I mean, that could happen. No, it can't. It could, though. (laughs) It didn't happen! (laughs) But, like, how, what's, you know, what was the weight of the fish he was carrying? It doesn't
1: matter. It wasn't enough to feed 5,000, yet it did. Yes,
0: the story is clear that this was weird, not that this was normal.
2: I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, the weight of the fish could be a thing.
0: Well, there's actually, I think there's more happening in the story that they would have picked up on symbolically that we missed today. Because, of course, many years have gone by between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They've grown some new, uh, some new cultural understand. You both just yawned while I was talking on the camera. Everyone's looking at us. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry, I, it's, dude. It's a I long moved
1: day. yesterday. They all exhausted. yawn now too.
0: Stop yawning, everyone. She did move yesterday. New house. Go check it out. Her address is...
1: Let's not. <laughs>
0: um, anyways, uh, they have been around for a while between Old Testament and New Testament. That's enough time for new traditions to come about. Some of the traditions that seem to have come about was this expectation that when the Messiah shows up, he will bring the manna uh, that used to come. Some of the secret manna that's been hanging out is... He'll be the new Moses. He'll bring that miracle back. Um, And it's interesting because here I think you have like this idea like the Messiah showed up. Messiah brought the manna back, the bread from heaven, except check it out. Rather than God raining down bread from the skies, God's just handing out bread right in front of you. Uh, The manna in because they're also they're what they're they're in the wilderness usually when this happens. Right. This is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to the surrounding countryside is what they say. Instead, Jesus is like, no, let's feed them. Uh, let's feed the crowd that's come here. So Jesus feeds the crowd in a desolate place. Where was the? Where were the Israelites when they were fed? The wilderness, this desolate place. Mm-hmm. So it's really, the language seems to be like the Messiah is here and he's dishing out manna. Uh, because what else do we know about Jesus? Well... He First off, he talks about uh, his body as bread, right? So it's his understanding, again, like he is the bread of heaven. There's stories and parables and teaching about bread where Jesus uses it as allegory. Um, And then there's also the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. bread. Yeah. The language there actually, first off, that's a weird statement. Stop and think about it. Give us this day our daily bread. Like,
1: don't us- you eat bread daily?
0: Yeah, but well, no, that makes why- sense. No, it's double. Why-, why give us today our daily bread? Why not just say, give us today's bread or give us daily bread?
1: I just figured because you know it sounds like.
0: It sounds good to you because you've memorized and rehearsed it, right? Give us today our daily bread. But that's kind of repetitive. Well, but, isn't it give us this day our daily bread? Uh, even that it, it, would be the same There's a couple state. of different versions, but yeah, it's the same thing. The thing is, though, in Greek it says, give us today our epiusios bread. Epiusios, we find out, wasn't Gesundheit. a Greek... <laughs> <laughs> Gesundheit? <No>. Uh, <laughs> epiusios wasn't a greek word uh that people knew it was actually one that came about kind of with this prayer it came about from the christians so this isn't a word in like the greek vocabulary you wouldn't just hear it and be like oh give us today our daily bread instead christians had designed this word to mean something and when you look at the context um It actually seems more like the possibility is what this word was supposed to denote was give us today our supernatural bread. So again, we're thinking of manna from heaven, you know? Give us today supernatural bread. Or as Jesus shows all the way to the end, like I am the bread of heaven. I am the new communion. I am the new Passover. Uh, Give us today. I am. Yeah. Give us today our Jesus. You know, like Jesus is saying, Pray for me. Pray for your supernatural bread of heaven, which is me, which is what I've brought to you. All that comes from uh, Brant Petrie's book, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. Uh, I believe he's a Catholic scholar, but uh, he basically gets into all these ideas of just looking at the theme of bread as it pulls up all throughout ancient tradition what the Jewish people were waiting for, Passover, Jesus as communion, all these things. Uh, And so he gets into all this. And so you see Jesus in the wilderness is like new man is here. Um, So it's not just like, hey, people are hanging out. Let's feed a bunch of people. Uh, There's a whole lot more symbolism going on. And if you were alive at the time, you'd probably be like, this is the guy. This is the one we've been waiting for. (laughs) This is our Epiusios bread. Uh, Gesundheit. Yeah. So there's, there's all that kind of gives you a deeper look into the Lord's prayer too when you're praying it. So this is something when you're praying the Lord's prayer, when you get to that line, remember like not just that God is going to give you the food you need for today. Of course, that's an important prayer, but more important than that, give me Jesus every day.
1: I feel like you didn't give us a very good definition of UCFs. I. I mean, you went you, you no, on right. a long tangent, but like...
0: Epiusius. Let's what is a good
1: up. definition?
0: All right, so Brant Petrie would say um, in his research that this word, if we just break it up into kind of root words, like we do that in English, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like pre-something always means like before something. So you put them together, you get pre-game, before-game. He would break it into... Uh, The same kind of root words. If we break up the word into its two main parts and just translate it literally, this is what we find. Epi means on, upon, or above, and usia means being, substance, or nature. So his idea would be like, give us today our bread of another substance from above type thing. So it's kind of like this manna idea. Indeed, among some ancient Christian writers, it's very common to translate the Greek word "epiousios" as literally as possible. He then talks about uh, St. Jerome, who would say, give us this day our super substantial bread. So that's kind of like this
1: okay.
0: otherworldly kind of bread idea, too. Um, so I, does that help a little bit with yes, clarifying? Yeah, I think yeah. so.
1: It gives us at least an idea, but also like... This word doesn't have an exact translation, so we're just trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, because you can't just open up a dictionary and be like, "Ah, oh, there it is," because it's a word that Christians made up, and we know all about Christianese because we do it all the time, and we'll understand it in a future generation two thousand years from now and be like, "What the heck were they talking about when they, <laughs> right? Yeah, when they, when they said this word." So. Yeah, so super substantial or supernatural bread, bread from above, bread of another substance, bread which is Jesus. So that kind of helps us draw it all together. But Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Eucharist, subtitle Unlocking the Secrets of the Last Supper. Uh, great Catholic scholar, Brant Petrie. If you want to dive deeper into all the bread language of the Gospels, that's a great place to go. The Jackson Cloud is an online church, and we would love to have you be a part of this online church, continuing the conversation about feeding the
2: 5,000.
1: And we're going to continue the conversation about feeding the 5,000 on the Discord. If you'd like to join us, we'll link it below.
2: And also be sure to check out their website to see how you can get more involved, and also like, comment, subscribe, and share.